Hello, this is uh, Richard from the Family Office Club, and today we're doing an investor mandate interview with uh, Matthew. And uh, welcome, Matthew. Uh, good to see you again, Richard. Yes, and um, can you explain what type of an investor you are? I know you wear a couple of different hats. That's right. So it's been about 20 years that I've been an early stage tech investor and uh, 30 years here in Silicon Valley. Um, of those 20 years, about half of it I've spent with uh, angel groups. So I help run uh, the funds at which is the world's most active early stage investor. And then my wife and I have our own family office. Uh, she used to be the CFO of B today is a public company board director. So we do our own direct investing out of and we also manage uh, a, a pooled vehicle with some other family offices, which is called. Okay, great. And um, if we look at the mandate versus your own personal mandate, I know from us speaking before that on the family office personal side, you're very much focused on fintech and blockchain and internet related companies. Is that correct? That's right. It's been um, my, my first career and that of my wife's when we first came to America was uh, we were senior partners of big consulting firms, McKinsey, AT Carney, Booz, in my case, um, ran the global financial institutions group and the global uh, digital practice for Booz. So my clients were Microsoft and Cisco and HP and later on Google and eBay and PayPal. And we invest into that space. So we invest into digital, the digital economy which in particular means uh, electronic commerce, fintech, and now blockchain investing. Okay. And I know Kretsu's got a pretty broad mandate, you know, pretty agnostic, and they go into many different areas. But one thing that's interesting that I learned from you being on our virtual investor panel is that you do look at real estate investments as well at Kretsu, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's right. Can you clarify anything that's unique on the broad mandate with Kretsu and then maybe talk about the real estate segment specifically, since that is so unique for an angel group to look at? Yes. So um, Randy Williams, who's the founder of Kretsu, uh, was himself, uh, he made his, uh, his family's wealth in real estate. And so starting out uh, back in about, uh, well, 20 years ago now, in uh, 2000, he was looking for access into early stage tech, Silicon Valley, the dot-com boom, but he didn't have the knowledge and, and expertise to make the decisions himself. So the genesis of Kretsu was uh, uh, investors coming together to work with each other and help each other find good opportunities and uh, you know, go through the due diligence process and, and make investments. And Randy's philosophy was that um, there should be no constrictions on what was shown at Kuretsu. Basically, if a member thinks that there's an opportunity, a good investment opportunity, they're welcome to bring it and show it to the audience. And there's 50 chapters meeting on a monthly cycle and uh, uh, today, uh, probably about two-thirds, well, about one-third is health broadly defined. About a third is, um, uh, you know, um, enterprise software, hardware, so technology-related. And then about 20% is real estate, and the last 20% is everything else. Okay, great. Yeah, that's helpful. And um, why is it that so many angel groups outside of Kretsu just say, Nope, we only look at early stage companies. We don't want to look at anything real estate. And then the same angel investors walk out the door and they look at real estate deals. Uh, yes. Not all of them, but 
but it's just really interesting of why, why do you think that is the case? I mean, is that is it yes. slowly changing or that will change because it's just kind of absurd or? Well, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Every family office uh, is going to invest it across most asset classes and you're going to find different ways to gain access to interesting sponsors or investments uh, in every asset class. Right. Um, because at Kretsu, probably about, so we have about 4,000 members worldwide. Okay. Of those 4,000, about 20% are family offices. The, the other 80% are high net worth individuals. Okay. And about a third of those come from real estate as their, as their core focus. Okay. So, so we just happen to have a lot of members who have great access to small cap real estate opportunities. Sure. And because the philosophy doesn't say there's anything it it's actually says that's a very good thing, then those members bring their best deals to the forums. And that's sort of how it works. Now, okay. a band of angels, because I was a band of angels member too for 12, 13 years now, band of angels is very different. It's, you know, absolutely focused on early stage tech. Right. And that's why it exists. And right. so, so I can't speak to most angel groups, but in the case uh, uh, you know, Ian Sobieski over there would say, we're early stage tech. And if you want to do real estate, go to a real estate forum or a real estate club. Um, we know what we do and we do it very well. Kretsu okay. just began w w from a different place. Sure. Makes sense. And so one, sometimes uh, the group specialize in one niche or one area and others are, are more broad. Um, what would be your number one piece of advice for somebody listening here today that's a family office, an angel investor, Maybe something that you wish you knew 15 years ago that would have saved you at least $100,000 wasted <laughs> fees, wasted time, frustration. Yeah. yeah, so I would actually say, uh, I, I'd go back to my experience and the experience of, you know, now that I've observed many hundreds of people becoming uh, early stage uh, investors, um, I think the first thing is take your time and uh, uh, invest some of your time in meeting people attending events, seeing what other people are doing, but don't presume that you need to do the same. Um, and the reason you shouldn't, you, you, you'll get a better sense than what are the choices and what are the different approaches and you can figure out what, what fits for you. And, and obviously within the family office segment, we have first generation wealth through to multi-generation, multi-family office managers and sure. it's a very different horizon. So I tend to see the, uh, the entrepreneurial first generation family founders like to come to Band of Angels and Koretsu, whereas the multifamily office managers are going off to Opal and other things. So, right. you know, and, and you know what, uh, which type of uh, family office likes the family office network, uh, the Wilson network, uh, you know, most. So, so the first thing is spend some time getting educated, attend the events, don't pull the trigger. The second thing is clarify your own investment thesis. You know, what are you passionate right. about? Why are you investing? What, 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 are you active? Are you passive? Are you early stage? Are you mid stage? Are you tech or are you, you know, healthcare or are you real right. estate? And uh, most of the mistakes happen where someone just wades in, gets excited, places a few bets, and then looks back later and says, where was my, inv my investment thesis has changed and I have these orphan stranded investments. Right, right. right? Yeah, nobody, um, nobody else has um, brought that up yet. We've done maybe uh, 40 of these mandate interviews one-on-one -on -one in the last month and uh, oh, no wow. one's brought that up. And I think that uh, 
the first thing we do when people come to the family office club to figure out direct investments is figure out, you know, what is their strike zone and their thesis and how do they play to their strengths and focus on what they're more likely to be able to add strategic value to. I think that's such a huge thing. If you don't get that right, depending on your net worth, you could waste far more than a hundred thousand dollars. Yes. And then the other thing, which I think is uh, increasingly true is that most families are multi-generational you know, even if right. it's a first generation, they'll still have their own children and maybe they'll have some grandchildren coming. Um, right. And the, the, the goals, mission will vary, actually can vary generationally. And so we'll see, you know, um, first generation uh, family founder members who made their money in, say, real estate may not be mm-hmm. very interested in uh, clean energy and blockchain and things like this but their children may be very interested in those things and so you need to have a process where you can have a dialogue across the generations that that makes it makes it sure that the legacy of the investing strategy is going to be exciting and relevant to the next generation as well as the current generation Um, and i would also add to that that uh, we're seeing a bit of a blur between philanthropy and targeted investing because you know if you think about philanthropy the top three themes health education the environment add in a fourth you know uh, uh, inequality in the developing world well all of those are going to be technology enabled going forward we're going to have right. technology enabled healthcare technology enabled education technology enabled well we're certainly using technology to have cleaner energy and so on so um I'm seeing a lot of families beginning to say, let's take some of the philanthropy pool money and put it into uh, early stage tech investing in a targeted way. And then let's also take one or two younger members of the family who are very passionate about this and give them that pool of money to manage under the guidance of the family. Right, right. Makes sense. Okay, great. Well, I think we got got a couple hundred thousand dollar nuggets there. So Sometimes people uh, feel the pressure under that question, but obviously you are prepared with some good advice there. So I appreciate that. So uh, Matthew, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Well, so if they want to learn about Sue, we're partnered with you. And um, so they can just talk to you and, and uh, Richard, if you think that they would gain benefit from coming to course, you know, that can be part of the family or office club strategy mm-hmm. for that particular family. Um, if they want to know about me specifically, our family office, we have a website, believe it or not, because we're first generation X consulting partners and it's called com. And Alice and I sort of, uh, she's a public company board director nowadays, uh, as well as a tech investor. So she's on the boards of Royal Bank of Scotland and Fiserv and uh, Calibra, some of the world's largest uh, fintech companies and financial companies. And uh, so Dot com just lays out uh, what we're doing and why. And then we've written some books on the subject too that are available everywhere. Amazon, Apple, Smashwords, Audible, and so on. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks for being here, Matthew. And thanks for being on the uh, discussion panel last week. Appreciate that as well. And uh, let's keep in touch you know, through the crisis and afterwards. Yes, uh, and we appreciate our partnership with your organization. So uh, whatever we can do to bring... Uh, Uh, you know, interesting opportunities to your members, just let us know. Sure. Sounds great. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.